Welcome to another weed evening, Dr. Cliff Burton, friends. Okay, we'll bring you the very best in all the women's sports, HBCU athletics. Tonight, we have our co-host with us. They're going to be in the chat room, Dr. Marlo Camp and Jim Waddell. And we want all of our listeners, we will be heavily engaged with you tonight, but you have to type it in the chat. It's a little bit of technical difficulty, but we're going to have a good time anyhow. So please type your comments in the chat. So I want to welcome Marlo Kemp. Welcome to the show. Jim Waddell, welcome to the show. Now tonight, give me your comments. I'm going to talk first tonight about we lost somebody, Clarence Avett. He was called the godfather of black music, okay? Clarence Avett was a judicious manager, entrepreneur, facilitator, advisor, who helped launch or guide the careers of Quincy Jones, Bill Withers, and many others. And he came to be known as the godfather of black music. He died his past week at 92 years old. He was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2021. He died Sunday at his home in Los Angeles, according to a family statement released on Monday. Okay? Clarence Avon owns many, 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 many companies in his time. All right. And he's also um, very instrumental, okay, in launching a lot of careers. Okay. He also helped with Michael Jackson's career and, as we said, Quincy Jones' career. Clarence Avot was a giant. We want to celebrate him more. And we look forward <clears throat> to bring you some more of him in the future. But we lost a giant this week. And uh, please type your comments or compliments about him in the chat. We'll read it as we go along. So there's one more clap, none other, Mr. Clarence Avon, a giant. All righty, we want to continue on. Our women of the month, none other, and Mrs. Jackie Joyner Kersey. Jackie Joyner Kersey, as we talked about, was very huge. She was Olympic champion. And tonight, we're going to talk about her college experience. Jackie Joyner Kersey attended UCLA College of the University of California, Los Angeles. She started in both track and field and the women's basketball from 1980 to 1985. And she graduated with a bachelor's degree in history in 1986. She was a starter in a forward position for each of her first three seasons, 1981, 80-81, 81-82, and 82-83, as well as in her senior fifth year. She had redshirted during the 83-84 academic year to concentrate on the heptathlon for the 1984 Summer Olympics. Jackie Jordan Kersey won the Broderick Award, now known as the Honda Sports Award, as the nation's best female collegiate track and field competitor in 1983. In 1985, it was awarded the Honda Broderick Cup, given to the nation's best female collegiate athlete in 1985. Now, we mentioned she was a basketball player. She scored 1,167 points during her collegiate career, which places her 19th all-time on the UCLA Bruins games list. The Bruins advanced to the West Regional Semifinals of the 1985 NCAA Division I Women's Basketball Tournament before losing to eventual runner-up Georgia. 
Jackie Jordan Kershaw was honored on February 21st, 1998, as one of the 15 greatest players in UCLA women's basketball history. In April 2001, Jordan Kershaw was voted the top women collegiate athlete the past 25 years. And this vote was conducted among the 976 NCAA member schools. So Jackie Jordan Kersey was not only a legend on track and field, but Jackie Jordan Kersey was a legend in basketball. So Dr. Kemp, type of comment in. What do you think about Ms. Jackie Jordan Kersey? <laughs> All righty. We'll wait on his comments and we'll continue on. All righty. The next one, we'll talk about a story. This young lady is one of our women executives. She's moving up in college sports and she's doing extremely well. She's at Jackson State University. And this woman, her name is Ms. Joshelle Mitchell. Joshelle Mitchell has been an executive for a long time. And uh, <clears throat> at Jackson State University, She's helped in the football department. She helped in the basketball department. And she's been nominated as an Executive of the Year Award for Women in Athletics. And Joshua Mitchell is to be congratulated for all that she's doing to uh, excel women executives in sports. So we want to give a nice hand clap, another other, to Ms. Joshua Mitchell. She received the Rising Executive Award in Athletics. Okay. Now, we have something else going on in women's sports. This woman, uh, the University of Arkansas and Pine Bluffs, they just received a woman's transfer. Her name is Star Jacobs. Star Jacobs transfers to University of Arkansas Pine Bluff, and she'll be playing for Coach Don Thornton. And uh, she is quite a standout. Now, she transfers from the, the Western Athletic Conference. In the past two seasons, Jacobs averaged 18.1 points, 8.8 rebounds, three assists, three steals, and 0.5 blocks per game over 31 contests. She shot 49% from the field and 72% from the free throw line. This young lady, her accolades prior to coming to Jackson State was the WAC Player of the Year. WAC All-Defensive Team, First Team All-WAC, Two-Time WAC Player of the Year, Dave Campbell's Texas Senior of the Year, Dave Campbell's First Team All-Texas, Becky Hammond Mid-Major Player of the Year, Preseason Watch List, WAC Preseason Player of the Year, WAC Preseason Player of the Year at ESPN, and the Preseason First Team All-WAC Media Coaches. So this talented junior is definitely going to be coming the rest of Arkansas Pine Bluff, and she's going to be making a difference immediately. I say immediately, and they're looking forward for her to coming in, and they're looking forward to her uh, doing big things. Our next story, and this is an interesting one, a standout. <coughs> The former Shaw Lady Bears sensational player, Miss Caden Carter. All righty, remember that name. Miss Caden Carter 
has now found success as a pro wrestler in WWE. Okay, she's a worldwide wrestler. And the star is Kaylin Caden Carter, was a key member of the 2012 NCAA Division II National Champions in Women's Basketball at Shaw University, a very dominant team in the CIAA. She has now moved on to worldwide wrestling. She says her preparation at Shaw University, mentally and physically, has helped her for the demanding world of pro wrestling. She played point guard at Shaw, and she was a leader then, and now she's moving up in her career in WWE Worldwide Wrestling. Who would have thought? But here she is. Proud of her. Alrighty, moving on down the list. The Yukon Huskies get a return this year. They've been waiting quite a while for Paige Becker. Paige Becker tore ACL last summer playing basketball for the Yukon. She's a Yukon Huskies, but she was in the summer. She has surgery August 5th, and she's just been cleared to return to college basketball this year. Coach Gino Ariama said she looks better than ever, looks in better shape than ever, and she has learned from this adversity that um, not only this prepared for basketball, but prepare you for life. Two years ago, Paige Becker was college player of the year. And as a freshman, she averaged over 20 points. Sophomore, 15 points. But um, last year, for the first time, UConn Huskies history in the last 14 years, they did not make the final four. So Gina Ariamba is happy to have Paige Becker back. And so are we, and so is college basketball. I know that she'll do great. I know she'll do great. Paige Becker. There's another great story that's happened a little over a week ago. We didn't have time to give it that much play, but uh, we want to. Becky Hammond, on August 11th, took her rightful place in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, Becky Hammond, who coached the Las Vegas Aces at the time, she joined Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Paul Gasol, Tony Parker, the 1976 United States women's basketball team, Gary Blair, and Greg Popovich. Now, Coach Hammond is no stranger to success. She was a WNBA All-Star for several years, she went on to become the first woman assistant coach in the NBA, hired by Coach Greg Popovich. And then Coach Popovich couldn't coach a game, so she became the first female head coach in the NBA game. She's done well. Came back to the WNBA and was the first coach to win a WNBA championship in her rookie season. And she has the ace on target this year, even though it's not going to be a cakewalk. So Becky Hammond definitely deserves, well-deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. And so I'm going to ask my co-host Jim and Marlo if they can. I don't see the comments in the chat, but type in the chat. I'm having a little technical difficulty tonight. But Becky Hammond, yes, she deserves it. Hall of Fame. Our engagements online in total in the studio. Again, we're having a little technical difficulty, 
but we're bringing it to you. If you can, type in the chat. <clears throat> Hard to see it, but we are going to bring the best show we can, Dr. Cliff Burton Friends. And here we go. Another group that was entered into the Hall of Fame. 1976, United States women's basketball team. They went to the Olympics and they won silver. It was the first year they participated in the Olympics. On that team was Pat Head Summit, Patricia Roberts, Cindy Brodman, and they had uh, Lucia Harris. And, uh, they had several more great players on that team. And uh, we just want, we just want to say to all the women that helped pave the way, 1976, the first team to go to the Olympics. And what was so unique, Pat Summit went as a player on that team, but she also took two players that she coached. Okay, that's Pat Summit breaking down ceilings and breaking down walls and doing it all over again. Congratulations, Hall of Fame inductees, the 1976 United States women's basketball team. They brought home silver. Yes. Okay. We wanted to uh, bring up something that happened today. Women's in the track and field world championships over in Budapest. I believe that's in Hungary. And uh, just focusing on the sprints. Shikari Richardson this afternoon won the world championships in track and field in the 100 meters with a time of 10.65 in the 100. She beat Jackson and she beat Shelly Ann Fraser Price from Jamaica. Shikari Richardson is back. She says she's not coming back. She's coming back better. And I believe she's, she's proven a point. Uh, I'm so happy for her a few years ago. She didn't go to the Olympics because of uh, the marijuana. She's lost her mother in the last few, but she last few years. But she is sure focused, and Shakari Richardson is uh, an example and a statement of sticking with it, overcoming adversity, and proving all your doubters wrong. And so, Shakari Richardson, keep on pushing. Next year, uh, Paris, I believe the Olympic Games, or Tokyo, I believe it's Paris. Keep pushing. All righty. Proud of Ishkari. Now, one more, and that is in the world of tennis. Wow. This past weekend in Cincinnati, let's go to singles first. <clears throat> Coco Golf, 19 years old, won the tournament at the World Tennis Association. And in the semifinals, beat Iga Swiatek, the number one singles in the world, and moved up to number six ranking in the world. Coco Golf will be coming into the U.S. Open, ranked number one in the world. She had lost seven times to Iga Swiatek, but this time around, she broke through. We're so proud of this young lady. She's on her way. And uh, go Coco Golf. Now, not just in singles, but in doubles in Cincinnati, Alicia Smith and Taylor Townsend also won the doubles tournament. So again, it's looking up, the United States women heading into the U.S. Open, 
and we want them both to keep pushing. We encourage them. We want our listeners to type in the chat. We're having a little technical difficulty tonight, but we're still bringing it to you. Dr. Cliff Burton Friends, featuring the absolute very best in all the women's sports, HBCU athletics. We'll be right back in about one minute. All righty. All righty. All righty. Welcome back. Dr. Cliff Burton, friends. We check something here. We have a technical difficulty. All right, James Waddell, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? All right, great. Glad to have you. Dr. Marla Kemp, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, we can, James. Dr. Marla Kemp, can you hear me? Good evening, Dr. Burke. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. All right. Great to have everybody here. We were having a little technical difficulty, but a welcome. Of course, Mark Cooper to the show, coming to us from down in Carolina. Ms. Bahita Hayes coming to us from Tennessee. We want to say welcome to 16 that are engaged here in our audience. Now, the next thing we want to talk about is <coughs> the FIFA World Cup. Mm. Spain and England played for the championship. Spain took them out. Dr. Kemp, what do you think? We were preparing for a holiday with Australia. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Spain came in ready to go. Actually, it was a good game between both England and Spain. Um, but Spain, you know, they, they wanted it more. And... Um, it was a really good game. What I was really surprised that I noticed that all of the teams, not just, you know, of course the winners, but all of the teams, they came ready to play because, you know, the, all of the, the scores, the end of the matches, you know, they were very low scoring 
matches. Um, you know, not to say that it's always a high scoring match, but for the majority of all of the games, I noticed, you know, that the teams may have won, you know, like maybe one, one or two, you know, goals. Um, but I thought it was very good. And congratulations to Spain. And, and England played very well also. Yeah. Jim, what's your thoughts? Well, the uh, governor or uh, prime minister of Australia did not have to declare a holiday because <laughs> Australia lost in the semis. But it, overall, it was like like uh, like like uh, Marlo said, it was a great tournament. Not, not a lot of blowouts. Most games were one or two scores. A lot of them went down. Testing. Still there, Jim? Okay, like Jim was saying, there weren't a lot of blowouts. Yes, were you able to? Okay. No, go ahead. You're bad, Jim. Go ahead, Jim. Oh, no, no. I just didn't know if you'd heard me. Yes, but it, it was very exciting. Okay. Didn't right. always like the uh, time of day that the games were played, like 5 o'clock in the morning, but <coughs> you know, exactly. very exciting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll... Continue to uh, keep our eyes and ears open. I guess it's the next two years, Jim, of the games every two years. Uh, four. I think they are, Dr. Every four years? Every four okay. years. All righty. Well, I do know this much. Money-wise, the team from Spain made $15 million for winning it all. So, hey. Oh. <laughs> Not bad. No, not <laughs> not bad. Mm -mm. Okay. Now, this week we're going to talk briefly about volleyball, the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference in volleyball. And the preseason rankings, we'll go over the top uh, four. Number one is Philander Smith. Okay. They won it last year. Number two, Dillard University. Number three, Fisk University. And number four, I believe, was Russ College. But we have to check that. We're going to go more into detail next week with the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. And then <clears throat> we're also going to talk about the SWAT Conference Volleyball. And that will round out our preseason rankings. We talked about our other volleyball uh, conferences um, over the last few weeks. And we're going to talk about our independence. We are not going to ignore volleyball at all, okay? Now, last thing, <clears throat> the WNBA, the Liberty have defeated the Aces. We're just going to talk about that briefly before we go to commercial and come to the men's sports. But the Liberty defeated the Aces, Las Vegas Aces, in the Commissioner's Cup. Jim and Marlo, I'm going to ask you this next, Marlo. But Jim, do you think – Candace Parker being out with the foot injury and the loss of the player, I believe her name was Rakita Williams, who got kicked off the team. Do you think that's showing the effects now and will show effects on depth with the Las Vegas Aces? I think, it affected, the, I think it affected them in the championship game, or the championship cup game, rather. But did not the Aces come back and beat them the next – well, you, you just went out on us, but last week the Liberty put a whipping on them. 
Or the Phoenix on the game. Yeah, I saw that game. But, you know, I think Candace Parker being out and the other player. But, you know, still, they're in line for first place. So they're on another crash course to play again in the uh, finals of the WNBA. All right. Marlo, what's your thoughts? I think, yeah, psychologically, um, it definitely has an impact on them, uh, I would say, on the aces and the way that they are playing. Um, especially it shows with the Liberty, you know, when they play the Liberty, because, um, I mean, the Liberty, they always, they've been giving them a run for their money, you know, lately. And I think that um, maybe, yeah, you know, they are surprised, you know, how well the Liberty, you know, is playing. So, you know, probably, probably so have an effect on, you know, the way that they are playing. Well, you definitely can't go without Candace Parker. I mean, that's a Hall of Fame player. And that was that <clears throat> missing leak they brought in in the uh, offseason to make sure that they were dominant this year as or more dominant. So we will see how it goes, okay? We're going to take a one-minute break, and then we're coming back, Jim, with men's sports. All righty. All right, welcome back. That's Clipper and Friends featuring the absolute very best, all the women's sports and HBCU athletics. And so, Jim, take us away, men's sports. Okay, the uh, Tuskegee Golden Tigers that lost in the championship game to Benedict College of the SIAC championship are primed and ready to come back after falling short. They have a new coach, Aaron James, who was their offensive coordinator, who led the Tigers to a 42-5 and record as a starting signal caller between 1998 and 2001. You know, he's uh, still getting used to being the leader of his alma mater, but is still excited and ready for the battle. He said probably won't hit him until he walks out of the tunnel the first game. I'm still soaking everything in, getting them ready to play Fort Valley in the Red Tail Classic. Now, Jim, this uh, coach, yeah. let's see, for Tuskegee, he's a legend down there. He's a legendary coach in the past, isn't he? He played for them. He's like, a legendary back in player. Player, that's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 19, 1998 to 2001, yeah, he's a legendary player. He was 42-5 and five during that time as a quarterback. Okay. All right. So, you know, they're expecting big things. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Okay. 
Now we have another homecoming of sort, Edward Waters. He got the call after 86 years. They are back in the Southern Intercollegiate Athletic Conference at last. They joined the ranks of Division II football. I guess they've been Division Three before that. And they've been two solid years of writing policy, completing applications. The athletic director says it's been a long, daunting task, but it's well worth it. They will be the limits of Jacksonville, along with Jacksonville U mm-hmm. and uh, North Florida. Yeah, Jim, they and won a Division Three. I see with 14 institutions, such as Albany State, Allen. Yes. Yeah, Jim, they weren't Division Three. They were actually no. They were NIA, and they transferred to the SIAC from the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. Yeah. Yeah, they were in Division. Oh, yeah, they're in uh, the yeah they're in the SIAC now, where they'll play the uh, other schools, and most of them are located in the southeast, with the exception of Central State. Mm-hmm. They were in the SIAC from 1929 to 1935, got out, and are getting back in in 2023. Mm-hmm. Kudos to Edward Waters yep. for making Jim, the can move. I, yeah, Jim, can I add something? The Gulf Coast to the SIAC. Yeah, let me add something. They also, last year, started out their season. Next, oh, Jim. We have New England. Yeah. Jim, they started out 0-5 last year, and they went on and finished winning the last five out of seven or six out of eight games. So that's why Edward Waters is so high on this football season. All right. Go ahead, Jim. Jim? Okay, Isaiah Bolden, the only HBCU player drafted from Jackson State, is was released from the hospital. He took he uh, took a friendly fire hit in the game this weekend. They not only after seeing him being carried out and mobilized in a stretcher, they not only stopped the game. But they also canceled their two practices they were scheduled to have in Tennessee with the Titans, the Patriots. But like I said, he was released from the Green Bay Hospital hours later and is doing okay. Like I said, he collided with his own player, linebacker Calvin Munson, with 10:29 left in regulation. Yeah. He was minute, He was motionless, but the TV crew saw he was moving his hands and his feet. Following a meeting with Patriots coach Bill Belichick and Packers coach Matt LaFleur, referee John Husty announced the name, game was over. He was selected in the seventh round of the 2023 draft out of Jackson State, the only HBCU player taken in that time, in, in that year, 2023. Yeah, that was pretty scary, you know, just to see that once again. 
you know, happened to another player, you know, just that hit. But, um, you know, I'm just glad that he's definitely okay, you know, now. Um, so we just definitely, you know, wish yes. him well. Oh, yes. Anytime you see a hit like that after last year with uh, the young man from Buffalo, you always take a pause. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad he's doing okay. Harold Ellis is named the new a new athletic director at Morehouse. Harold Ellis played was a native of Atlanta, played at Morehouse from 88 to 91. He averaged 24 points a game. After college, he played for the Quad City Thunder, where he was discovered by the Los Angeles Clippers. His highlight of his career was scoring 29 points against the Boston Celtics in Boston Garden. He played two years with the Clippers and re returned to play one year with the Nuggets. He averaged six points per game in 185 contests. After his playing career, he was an assistant coach of the Pistons, spent time with the Hawks, the New York Knicks and the Orlando Magic. My good friend, um, he's Scott Perry, <coughs> took him with the Pistons to the Magic to the Hawks. So, you know, Harold Ellis is a good guy, and I wish him nothing but, but success at Morehouse College. Next is going to be Howard University looks to take the MEAC crown. They suppose a new era in Howard. I believe they've got a new coach. They've update upgraded the talent. They even want to have a uh, HBCU. Uh, they want to have a MEAC title game, which they don't have right now. Mm -hmm. And you know the MEAC is struggling because they are losing members. Not not like the Pac-12, but they're you know they're. Uh, Lost A and T and uh, another member instant. Oh, Florida A and M and um, Bethune Cookman as well. But they are looking poised to win the MEAC in 2023 and begin a new era of winning in Washington. You know, they have a young man, Kenny Gallup, as a first team MEAC player. Eldon James, third running back, third team MEAC player. Robert Jones, second team MEAC player as a DB, and Darian Brokenburr is a uh, second team defensive end lineman, all uh, MEAC player. Is this the, Jim, is this the same conference that Jackson State is in? No, MEAC is Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference. That's, the, you know, basically Virginia. Schools in D.C., Virginia, North Carolina, Maryland. Okay. The SWAC right. is a Southwestern Athletic Conference. That's where the, okay. Got it. They're the ones that play each other. The winners of the conferences play each other in the Celebration Bowl. <coughs> That's right. Thanks for the clarity. No problem. Now, the top 10 football rankings as of today. Well, two-time two defending champion Georgia is the top of both the coaches and the AP. 
followed by Michigan. And then it gets tricky here. Ohio State and Alabama are third and fourth in the AP. And the coaches, it's Alabama, Ohio State. LSU is number five in both polls. USC is number six in both polls. Penn State is seventh in both polls. Florida State is eighth and Clemson ninth in both polls. In the uh, AP, Washington is 10th. And in the coaches poll, Tennessee is 10th. You know, a lot of these teams this year are, are starting anew with a new quarterback. So it's going to be very interesting in these first couple games to see how they go. Because, you know, you got to have that quarterback solidified. And uh, Alabama, Ohio State, and Georgia at this point have still not made their decision known on who's going to be the starting quarterback. Jim, um, we have a lot of games that start with our HBCUs will be played at a conference. And uh, some of our non HBCU conference HBCUs will be playing big games. What about the Notre Dame Tennessee State game? Uh, tell us about that. I know the Tigers feel they can win. Is that game in South Bend against Notre Dame? That's oh, one of the big games. Oh, yeah. Okay. What is that game? Yeah, that game is going to be in South Bend. Yeah, this, Notre Dame is not going to come down to Nashville to play TV. <laughs> All right. But, you know, I, on that game, I hope TSU shows up well and no one gets hurt. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times when you see these games like that, you not only take a beating in the scoreboard, but you lose a lot of key players due mm-hmm. to injury. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the payout in that game yet. But I think I'm hoping it'll be an interesting game. Okay. Now, last year, uh, FAMU, did they play North Carolina? Are there any games in the ACC or from the teams in the CIAA or somebody playing an ACC school that you know about? Not at the present time. I don't know of any. Now, I did see there are a lot of classic games this year where you've got, you know, we went last year, the three of us went to see Tennessee State and Jackson State. This year, it's going to be Arkansas, Pine Bluff, and Tennessee State. Not quite the uh, the draw that TSU and JSU would be, but still hopefully a good game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, there's a Division two game because we're looking for exposure this year, right? Tennessee State plays Notre Dame on 9-2. But also, uh, Benedict College has a game, I think, on ESPN. They were the champs in the uh, SIAC. And they're going to be playing a game, I believe it could be 9-9, but i got to check on the date. So there's a lot of exposure going on this year, and that's what our HBCU colleges, uh, colleges definitely need. Jim, what's the biggest game for North Carolina Central? Do you know? Because they were the defending champs in HBCU football. What's the Do biggest? You know if they you played it out. Do they have any big games? You played uh, it out on me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Does North Carolina Central have any Ooh. big games out of conference? 
But you know I'm what? I'm looking at the classic schedule right now. And uh, North Carolina Central plays North Carolina A&T mm-hmm. on uh, the Aggie Eagle Classic, which will be uh, September 9th. Okay. All right. Now, let's see. You've got the uh, Labor Day Classic, mm-hmm. Clark and Kentucky State. Mm-hmm. You've got the Big Cat Classic. Edward Waters is playing Florida Memorial, so that'll be against the I-95 corridor between Jacksonville and Miami. Mm-hmm. You've got, um, I saw where um, Jackson State is going to play FAMU in the Blossom Classic again this year, Orange okay. Blossom Classic. Okay. And then the next week they turn around and go play Southern in the Boombox Classic. Mm-hmm. It's so oh, it's that time of year. Go ahead, Marlon. Yeah. I was gonna oh, say it's yeah. so many good classics. You know, you just need you just need to say for the whole year just to <laughs> you can you can fly to all these different uh, mm-hmm. you know games and classics. There's so many good ones going on. Yeah. Jim, is anybody playing I, this weekend? I know we play a Memorial uh, no. Labor Day, but anybody this weekend? No, well. Well, the SWAC MEAC Challenge is going to be on the 26th, which will be this Saturday. And that's Jackson State versus South Carolina State in Atlanta. Okay. Okay. I mean, Jackson State is playing, it looks like, three straight classics. If you, Mm -hmm. you know, the the MEAC (laughs) SWAC Challenge, then they play uh, FAMU down in the Orange Blossom. And then they turn around and they play um, the Boombox Classic with Southern. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be very busy. Wow. But uh, all right. hopefully all those games will make them some money. <laughs> and, you know, for, for Marlo, the John Merritt Classic, Tennessee, Tennessee State, State plays Gardner-Webb on uh, September 16th yeah, right. at, uh, at, in Nashville. Okay. Jim? Let's go ahead and take us into some what's going on in the NFL preseason before we go to commercial. Okay, did you want the uh, preseason rankings? The rankings, key key games, injuries. Well, I can tell you this in terms of HBCUs. You have the young man, the running back out of uh, Green Bay, leads all. NFL running backs in the preseason so far with 177 yards. A lot of that came on a 80-yard touchdown that he had in the first game. James Houston had a couple of sacks in the preseason game for the Detroit Lions and Jacksonville Jaguars. What college is he from? Uh, There were three players in the Dallas game that played well. You know, I'm, I'm hoping that a lot of these guys are going to play well enough to at least make the practice squad. And then, if not make the team, at least be able to uh, you know learn for the whole year on the practice squad. Because mm-hmm. we've got to get the numbers up where we have more players drafted than we had this year. Just one. 
Jim, uh, yeah. you said Dallas. Isn't that with a player from Florida, Isaiah Land? How's he doing? Is he looking yeah. like he's going to stick on the squad looking, and get a 50? He's looking good. Okay. I believe get so. one of the Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. We're going to take a minute break. Thanks so much, Jim. And then we're going to come back and we'll start naming some top tens, top ten or top five female athletes in track and field and some uh, top, top five ball handlers of all time in the NBA. And we'll do a little bit of that. We want folks to get ready, type in the chat, and let's think about what we're doing. All righty. All righty, welcome back, Dr. Clifford and friends. We want you to get ready to type in the chat. And uh, before we do that, <clears throat> we want to say at the beginning of this segment, and we'll say it again at the end of this segment, we want to thank each one of our listeners tonight. We have 16 engaging tonight, and we have another 12 in the studio. We also want to thank you for spreading the word and downloading our show. We just passed a monument of 700 shows that have been downloaded since we started in November. So we want to thank all of you for listening, engaging, and sharing the word. And then I want to say it now, and we'll say it before we get off the air. Spread the word. Next week, we're going to have a very special guest, Mrs. Jackie Cowan Freeman. She's a legendary basketball player in Nashville, Tennessee. She's a scholar. She's a businesswoman. Graduated from Vanderbilt University, All-SEC player, and is truly a legend. And we want you to spread that word now or when you receive the advertisement that we'll send to you. Okay? Now, <clears throat> let's go. And we're going to have to all type in to get this. Our top five female track and field athletes of all time. Dr. Kemp. Okay, and we're going to put this list together. Dr. Kemp. I'm going to come to you first. Everybody else type into the chat. Who do you have the number one track and field athlete of all time? Dr. Kemp, give you about 10 seconds to answer. Everybody type in the chat. Who do we have? You already know. I got Wilma first. Wilma Rudolph? Well, actually, on our list, she wasn't first, but she was third. So we'll type her name in the chat, okay? She was third, okay? I'll tell you who the first one was. They voted Flojo Florence Joyner Griffith. She was ranked number one. Who was, who was ranked number two? Uh, let's see. Jim, this one goes to Jim, Marlo. I have to say out loud. Jim, who do you have number two? Everybody else type in the chat. Flojo ranked one. Who was ranked two? Wilma Rudolph. Nope. <laughs> uh-uh. 
Everybody else, type in the chat. Who you think's ranked on number two? Track and field female athlete. All right. <laughs> right there. Jackie Joyner Kersey. That's what they had on the list. There you go. All right. Oh, that was my next guest. <laughs> All righty. Number three. Who do we think's number three, everybody? Track and field athlete. You just said Wilma Rudolph, right? I didn't say anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Flo Jones one, Jackie Jonas two. Who's number three? Wilma. No, I did. You're right. Yeah, you guys got it right. Ding, 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 ding. All right. Wilma Rudolph. Now it starts getting a little tough. Who do we have as number four? And there's a lot of people you could put here. 10 seconds. Number fourth ranked track and field female athlete of all time. Oh, you're going to kick yourself for missing this. Mark, type in the chat. Mark Cooper, who do you think? Who's the most decorated? I forgot her name. It's not just decorated. But, I well, oh, I know you're name. talking about. Five seconds. All right, here we go. You're right. Miss Allison Felix. Okay. So they ranked the number four. And number five, this one could go a couple of ways. Who do we have? Number five, fifth ranked female track and field athlete of all time. Kim? Uh, let's see. Hmm. All right, we'll take this. We'll take anybody that we give. All right, I'm going to vote it in here. Gail Devers. Oh, yeah. They also had old school. You probably won't get this one. Marlene Adi from Jamaica. She was dominant. Okay? So that was pretty tough. All righty? All right. Oh, this is not just America. This is um. We are all time. All time. Track and field athletes. All righty. Let's switch to sport. We're going to get Mark Cooper to get it on this one. <laughs> The NBA's top five ball handlers of all time. You handle the rock. Who do we have number one? Dr. Kemp, let you go first. Don't say it right away. Five seconds. Come on, Marku, jump in. Top handles of all time. You handle the basketball. We, I know we're going to all get number one. All righty. Everybody's scared to put it in there. They got Kyrie Irving. All right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's in there. Yeah. 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 Hold on. Yeah, he Hold on. I don't know what number one. All right. <laughs> I'm like you, Jim. Who do they have as number two ball handler of all I time? Have Isaiah Zeke Thomas. They didn't have him there. I was shocked Isaiah too. Isaiah Thomas. They didn't have him there. Nope. Nope. Let me tell you who they had as number two. They had Steph Curry. That's who they had. All right? Uh, Jim, I'm with you. I didn't agree with some of this either. All righty? I think it was sports biz rankings. Number three, ball handler of all time. I definitely don't agree with this one, but this is who they had on sports biz. Nobody's going to get it. Nate Archibald? No. No. I'm just going to give you this because I didn't agree with it either. They had... 
Derek Rose. I was lost. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't agree with it either. All right. What was okay, never mind. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know they were, I, I'm gonna have to stop stop going to the sports biz poll. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. All right, Jim. Here we go. Number four. Jim Barlow, mm. anybody in the audience? Number fourth ranked ball handler in the NBA history. Best ball handler. Uh, either well, I say Kuzi. Well, no, you're right. You're right on it, Jim. It was Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas. Okay. And number five. Well, I thought you said he wasn't on the list. No, I just said he wasn't where you had him ranked. They had Kyrie Irving first, Stephon oh, okay. Curry second, Derrick Rose third. They had Isaiah Thomas fourth. Who do you guys think they had ranked fifth? And I really don't agree with this one either. Sports beers, we have to go to another poll because they're not getting out too swift. But anyway, Ma- Dr. Kemp. Magic? And believe it or not, he's not on there. Dr. Kemp. No, I can believe Alan, that. Allen. Allen Iverson. Yep, that's exactly who they had. Yeah, they had Allen Iverson. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't have Magic Johnson on there. But anyway, that's who they had. So those are our two polls there. And so we just wanted to get that out. Now, we're going to start coming <coughs> in our format. We'll start having guests every other week. And so we won't have this much time uh, again. And we'll be going over two conferences one week, three conferences the next week with the football scores, the volleyball scores, and we're going to bring it all to you. Now, as we said before, we have Jackie Cowan Freeman. She's coming up next week. We're going to interview her for approximately 40 to 45 minutes. And she is just truly a legend. Please spread spread, uh, the word for us. And then coming the following week, the Labor Day weekend, we'll be coming on that Tuesday. I believe that's the 5th. So we'll be coming on that Tuesday, not that Monday. And then the following Monday, which I believe would be the 12th or 13th, We'll be back on 11th, the 11th, 11th, and we'll be having the volleyball coach for Dillard University, okay? And they will be be coming on to talk about Dillard University's volleyball program and also about Dillard University as a whole. We're going to start spotlighting our schools. And one thing about Dillard University, let me say this. Congratulations to them. They have the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference Commissioner's academic list from the previous year dillard university placed 155 student athletes on that commissioner's role the second place in the gulf coast i won't name them but they only had 55 so dillard is dominating the academics of athletes in the gulf coast athletic conference commissioner's role so everybody else got to hit the books and so that's what we're going to have for you going into there dr kemp I'm going to let you say something. Or Jim, you say something, then Dr. Kemp, and then we're going to wrap it up. Jim? Well, this show's been very entertaining and enlightening, especially about the uh, best dribblers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh Dr. Kemp? Uh, yes, it was. Um, I enjoyed the show also. It was good to see. Um, uh, congratulations to Taylor and Coco. Um, they were showing out in Cincinnati. Um, so happy for them. 
Um, sorry to hear about the loss of um, Mr. Clarence Avant out in LA. And um, just wanted to share if people may have remembered his wife was also mm -hmm. um, actually murdered in a home invasion in 2021. So my heart goes out to their family, you know, as well. And um, some of the other. Um, some of the other um, athletes that you mentioned on this show, especially the WWE um, person, and it's good to have Paige back as well. The Yukon um, Huskies. Yes. Yep. Yep. All righty. Well, listen. To next week's show. All righty. We had a great time. And as usual, we'll see you next week back in 168 hours from now. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. All righty.